Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. Again, this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. If you want to get involved tonight, uh, you can text us. The number for that tonight is 701-290-7862. Again, 701-290-7862. Or if you have any questions or comments um, that you'd like to get to us as well, uh, you can call us as well, 701-225-5133. Again, 701-225-5133 is the number for that. And if you're out of country, you can email us, and we can get those, get a response back to you, uh, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. 
And it is good to have you all listening tonight and all that have texted and emailed. Good to have Stormy in the Philippines listening tonight. Good to have um, the Yoders and the Hostetlers in Pennsylvania. Carl and Jeannie are listening in Michigan tonight. Good to have you guys listening. And um, also good to hear the good report of our group that went down to the women's prison. They said they had between the two service had, services had 20 ladies in the services and three want to be baptized. That's pretty neat. And on Thursday night, I got to go to the state penitentiary and, and baptize a couple men there. That was exciting. Um, and I want to say to you guys that are listening from the county jail tonight, uh, they, they canceled our service because so many of you guys are sick. So get better so I can come back up there. I'm not afraid of getting it from you. I think I'm the ones that gave it to you <laughs> when I was sick. I did bring my, my studio, my guitar in the studio. I didn't bring my studio in here, but I brought my guitar. So, uh, I learned a new song. I might sing that later, but, uh, I'll get into what I want to talk about here in just a minute. Let me sing this song. Some of you guys know this song, maybe. I know the guys up at the jail are starting to learn it. I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Pardon me if I'm not ashamed. To be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. <laughs> I'll start out with that. Here, I got my roadie here. He's going to grab my guitar. And good to have Jacek in the studio with us tonight. And good to have Chris in the studio. And uh, good to have Bill. I think Joe's wandering around here somewhere. Of course, we have Seth in the studio. You heard from him. And Tim's in the studio tonight. Good, thank you. And we, um, just all the, all the men here that are in the studio with us. Uh, and here again, please communicate with me during the broadcast. 701-290-7862. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have you text me. It's a little tougher to take phone calls, but if you do call into the studio, somebody here can answer the call. It's just you won't be talking to me, which is fine. Uh, I want to talk about something tonight. And I want to be very plain and upfront, and it's going to be very simple. Uh, we've got our Bible scholars like Jake Hostetler listening in Pennsylvania. He's going to think this is pretty simple. Don't crush your cans. It drives me crazy. The um, Anyway, he's not. <laughs> you'd have to be in here to see that. Good thing this isn't televised. The um, <laughs> I want to talk about, oh, I want to title this the bare minimum requirement. I want to start off right tonight by, by kind of just bringing out the whole broadcast at first. My, I have a question why you would attend a church or be part of a church that does not at least preach the bare minimum requirement of salvation. That's my question. Uh, my, my question is why? Like why? Uh, there are things that, you know, I'm going to tell you this right up front. There are things that I believe, preach, and teach that I do not know if everybody in Dickinson will ever agree with all of them. I, I know that. I'm not saying I don't believe them. I'm not saying I'm going to quit preaching them. But I am saying that I know that you'll never get everybody that calls themselves a, a Christian to to agree on everything. I understand that. And um, and I I think um, I'm not going to just frustrate myself thinking that you know I mean like like if if you call me your pastor for instance, you know I'm going to ask you not to watch Hollywood movies or have a television. 
Okay, I, I, if, if I'm your pastor, and whether it's watching them on the internet or or anything, I'm just I'm going to ask. If I'm your pastor, I'm going to ask you not to drink at all, any type of alcohol. Okay, I, I you know, but I I'm just telling you up front. I know people are are, are going to argue and fight with me on all those things. I know that. I I see that. But what I'm going to talk about tonight is the bare minimum requirement. Like, why would you attend? a church or be a member of a church that does not preach the minimum at the minimum the doctrine of salvation the ones that the apostles preached uh who's good at math here you guys know what least common denominator is do you know what that means in math like if you try to add two fractions like one half and two thirds together uh you've got to change the denominator you've got to change the bottom number so that you can add them and, of course, if you're going to add one-half and two-thirds together, you're going to have to change it into a six. So you're going to add three-sixths and, and four-sixths together, and you're going to end up with seven-sixths, one and one-sixth. That's the answer. And so the least common denominator needs to be the plan of salvation. That's the least common denominator. Um, you know, if you are going to a church that does not preach the doctrine of Christ that is spelled out in the Bible, I have a question for you. Why? Like, why would you go there? And here again, um, every church has got a, every Pentecostal church has a personality. Every pastor has things that are every, you know, I've got, we got 600 people listening to us tonight on Holy Ghost Radio, maybe something like that. 400 some people listening on Holy Ghost Radio tonight, they say. Uh, Every church has got a personality. Every pastor feels very dear about certain things, right? I mean, like every, these guys that are in this studio, they go to the, our church here, the New Life Pentecost Church in Dickens, and they know I'm very dear about a, a certain things. I talk about them more often than others. But my question to you is if you, do, if you go to a church that doesn't preach the doctrine of Christ, why would you go there? Like, I, I think it's a, val- a valid question. I, I think, like, why would you go to that church? I've had people... In Dickinson, now we've got a, a church full. Our building's full, and uh, and 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 I know that that uh, that when people visiting ministers come here, they're very excited. Oh, God's doing great things in Dickinson. But I always have this really sad side to me, and it's maybe I don't talk about it much. But there's a bunch of people. I mean, our church is full of people, but there's more people that used to go to our church that don't anymore than that do. I mean, if all the people that went to our church at one time would still go to our church, we'd have the biggest church in the city. And that that always saddens me a little bit. It always does. But when those people leave, my question to them, are you leaving because I'm telling you not to have a TV in your home? And if you're going to another church, do they preach the doctrine of Christ? Let me read you a scripture, Second John 9. Second John verses 9 through 11. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. And he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Of course he would. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. Let me just say something. And if you're sitting at home, get your Bible, turn to Second John verses 9 through 11. He, he mentions the doctrine of Christ twice. And then he says this doctrine. 
And he's talking about the doctrine of Christ. What he says about the doctrine of Christ is that, that we need to abide or live in the doctrine of Christ. And if you don't, you don't have God. And it says, and if you do abide in the doctrine of Christ, you have both the Father and the Son because they're the same. But if, he said, but if any come unto you and bring not this doctrine, what doctrine? The doctrine of Christ. Don't invite that person into your house. Now here the disciple of love, John, seemed like he was being a little unloving here to some. Like John woke up on the bat's wrong side of the bed. He didn't have his coffee this morning yet when he wrote this, right? He just woke up. Rubbing, the, rubbing the, the sleepies out of his eyes and was saying like, man, if, if they don't preach the doctrine of Christ, you don't need to hang around with them. But I don't think he was having a bad day. I really don't. I think this is just the way it is. So it does matter what you believe, not that you just believe. There is an importance to doctrinal purity. The word doctrine simply means teaching. You know, um, we went to a, my wife and I, when we first came to God, we didn't grow up Pentecostal. And when we first came to God, we, we were looking, we were searching, we were doing, you know, just looking at different things. And we went to a charismatic prayer meeting. And at this charismatic prayer meeting, they, they, the, one of the rules was no doctrine allowed. Oh, you could pray, you could worship Jesus, but no doctrine allowed. I thought, boy, that was interesting. You know, when I first moved to Dickinson, you know, 30, just about 30 years ago, I guess it's 29 years ago, coming up on 29. The, uh, when I first moved to Dickinson, uh, doctrine and teaching meant more to people than it does now. I don't think people care as much about what they believe anymore. I, don't, I really don't. And so I want to just start off by saying this. My commitment to ministry, number one, is this truth that I'm going to tell you tonight is to all people, whosoever will. I don't care how you've messed up in your life. I don't care what, what you've been doing. I don't care how bad of a sinner you are. Everybody needs to hear this truth. Number two, we can't water down or change the truth. Uh, we, we can, you know, we can't, I, I can't do this. It's, it isn't, that's a commitment I've made. I'm, I'm, I've got to preach the apostolic doctrine. And, and this, what I'm going to talk about tonight is the bare minimum of salvation, the doctrine of Christ. Now, what's interesting about the doctrine of Christ, if you're listening tonight, and here again, I want you to text me, 701-290-7862. And um, the, uh, I want you to text me because right now I haven't said anything that's controversial or nobody even knows what I'm talking about yet. Like the doctrine of Christ. Yeah, Pastor, our church, Pastor Bob, our church preaches the doctrine of Christ. We believe Jesus. We believe that Jesus died for our sins. And, and, uh, and I got Chris in the studio. He said they, there's some, something where they say that you got to say four words to be saved or something. I don't know what these four words are, but you know, like that yeah, we believe in that. We believe in that. You know, we go to a church that talks about, you know, there's even a statue of Jesus in our church. We, you know, we believe in the doctrine of Christ. But you know, you don't even know what it is. And you know what? There is, there is, uh, two verses in the Bible that I'm going to read to you that tell us what the doctrine of Christ is. That's what's so cool. Let me, let me say this. First John says that if you don't abide in the doctrine of Christ, uh, you don't have God. And then in Hebrews chapter six, verses one through two, it tells us what the doctrine of Christ is. It says, therefore, 
Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Okay, Paul's saying, he's going to talk about some other things than just the basics here, but he said, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. And then he starts telling us what the doctrine of Christ is. He says, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. The doctrine of Christ is spelled out specifically in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 2. This is the, I'm talking about tonight the bare minimum requirement. I'm telling you, if you go to a church that doesn't preach the bare minimum of the doctrine of Christ, I have a question and I'm going to keep asking it. Why are you going there? Like, what would your reason be to go there? To some church that is either, it's not even in their doctrine, or it's been so watered down that you can't figure it out. And so the doctrine of Christ is a big deal. It really is. We make a big deal out of it. And and simply put, the doctrine of Christ is repentance, faith toward God, baptisms. I'm going to talk about each one of these maybe a little more in depth, depth right after the song. The laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. This is the bare minimum requirement. These are the, this is the doctrine of Christ. This is the basics. This is, this is like, uh, you know, like, I, I'm not a sports guy, but who was it? Some famous coach. His team just got slaughtered, or they were way, way behind, uh, or no, they were, they just got beat really bad. And, and the next practice on Monday, the coach walked in. He said, he said, team, we're going back to the basics now. And he held up a football. He said, this is a football. <laughs> That's how he started. Like we're going back to the basics. Play a song, Seth. Text me tonight, 701-290-7860. Preacher man, preacher man, don't tell me no lies. That believe and you're saved, the judge with comes televised. That fable may make money for the fornicating jimmies. But the message of salvation is the one that you should give me. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is, I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is, tell it like it is, tell it like it is, I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. I was saved when I ate the dough God host. But I've seen in the Bible that I need the Holy Ghost. They said that I could get it with a tap on the head. But first I've got to die so God can raise me from the dead. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell. So tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell. So tell it like it is. priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Don't tell me that I'm fine and should put away my fears. I bought that lie before it only cooped my ears. It's hypocrisy so thick that now I want to puke it. And I'm sorry, my friend, if that offends your hermeneutic. Tell it like it is. 
tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Thank you. Everyone for listening and texting me, and um, I don't know if I'll mention everybody here, but it's just good to have all of you listening. Good to have people in Harvey listening. Good to have. Um, let's see here. We've got who else do we got listening tonight? Oh, I'm not even in the right spot. Oh well. Uh, good to have the Belfield people listening tonight, and um, just good every everyone that's listening. Good to have you guys tied into the Tell It Like It Is radio program. If you're brand new, this is Pastor Bob Simons, the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. If you're listening online, you're listening live tonight. This is not a recording. That's why at the end of Holy Ghost Radio, they say, we are not responsible for what he says, because <laughs> they don't know what I'm going to say. And um, But I, you know what? Um, those people at Holy Ghost Radio like me, and I think uh, I haven't said anything yet they don't like, so that's a good thing. The... Um, um, and I suppose when I do, I'll find that out too, but I don't think I will. Um, tonight we're talking about the bare minimum requirement of churches, the bare minimum. And as I said earlier, I know you're never going to get any, all people to agree on everything. I understand that. I, I know that. I do believe there needs to be a unity of the spirit where we're praying to the same God and that we should have the same spirit. We should have the same understanding of God. But I just know there's always going to be churches that have different ideas, different personalities, different ways of outreach. I know that. But the bare minimum is that we need to agree on the doctrine of Christ. And and uh, and if you're just tuning in, I want to just say again, in Second John verses nine and eleven, says that if you don't have, if you're not living in the doctrine of Christ, you don't have God, you don't. And so he's he's saying, don't bring this doctrine into your house. Somebody teaching of the wrong doctrine, I should say, into your house. Uh, if they don't bring this doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, don't have anything to do with them. And I'm going to tell you this: Why would you go to that church? You know, I yeah, I'm a little fired up tonight about some things that nobody even knows about. But anyway, I am. I'm fired up. I, I really am. I'm fired up about, like, for instance, you walk away from Acts two thirty eight. So where are you going to go to? What what is there? I mean, Acts two thirty eight. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Where are you going to go from there? What would you do? Are you going to just say the sinner's prayer? I mean, is that what it takes to be saved, to say the sinner's prayer? Who said that? Who made that up? Is that the doctrine of Christ? It is not. You know, um, you know, when, when the, when, in, and I guess it doesn't happen any again, uh, anymore. I don't know. I haven't seen the Mormons knocking on my doors or the Jehovah Witnesses. I don't know if these guys are getting lazy or what. If they're all old or I don't know what's going on. You know, I, I, I don't know. Nobody's knocking on my door anymore. It used to be the Mormons and the Jehovah Witnesses, and I'm going to honor you for that. I don't believe what you're preaching, but at least you're sincere. And, uh, and if you make, if you, if you say bad things about those people, um, you better make sure you're doing at least as much as they are, because, um, if you're not preaching your message, you know, at least they're sincere. But I, I mean, I've had the Mormons, I've had the Jehovah Witnesses. The Jehovah Witnesses tell me about this new earth and how heaven's going to be on earth, and they tell me all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's all interesting. I'm listening. But do you believe in the Acts 2.38 message? 
Like, do you believe that you've got to repent, that you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and with repentance, working with baptism, it works to the remission or forgiveness of sins. And do you believe in the Spirit infilling, just like they did on the day of Pentecost? And if they say no, I'm like, what are we talking about this other stuff for? We've got to get the bare minimum requirement. In in Hebrews chapter 6, he said, the, the doctrine of Christ is number one, repentance from evil works. That's what that means. Number one, you've got to repent. Uh, and I'm going to put number one and two together. Faith towards God, repentance from evil works. You're not the, you, I mean, even to get out of the starting blocks, you've got to have faith and you've got to have repentance. Well, faith is more than just believing that there is a God because faith, it's the saving faith that brings us to action. It's the saving faith that brings us to repentance. And so, and so it's, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Are you going to a church that doesn't believe in repentance? I mean, like, are you going to a church that says if, if, uh, you're living the homosexual lifestyle that you're going to heaven? Is that in the Bible anywhere? No, it's not. It's not in the Bible anywhere. If you're living the homosexual lifestyle, you've got to come to God in repentance. You're sinning, just like if you were stealing, or just like if you were lying, or just like if you were, uh, you know, uh, doing any terrible, evil thing. If you were committing adultery, or, or you know, whatever. I mean, homosexuality is a sin, and you've got to, you know, it's not like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I love Jesus, and I'm a homosexual. No, you've got to repent. You know, it doesn't matter that you used to be, I mean, I don't know, here again, people say, why are you picking on that sin? Well, let me pick on you cheating on your taxes then. I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, if you don't like, if you don't like homosexuals and you, you think you're so great because you're not a homosexual, what if you're lying? What if you're stealing? I mean, like, do you think there's like a special place in hell for homosexuals? No, it's, it's not, it's not like that. But you see, that's why repentance is so important. No matter who you are, what you've been doing, doesn't make any difference. You might be the scum of the earth by everybody else's standards. And you're welcome at our church because you're only one step away from, from the, the first step, which is asking God, confessing your sins to God and asking Him for forgiveness. That's repentance. Repentance from evil works, Hebrews 6, 1 says. Faith toward God. And then he said the doctrine of baptisms. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you need to be born of the water and of the Spirit. Let me just tell you this. If you go to a church that tells you being born of the water is the natural birth process, get out of that church. That's not right doctrine. You say, uh, you know what? I mean, one of the biggest evangelical churches in the United States in the world teaches that. They teach that when Jesus said being born of the water and of the Spirit, he meant that you go through the natural birth process, being born of the water, and being born of the Spirit. That would be so redundant. That would be like Jesus saying, if you want to be born again, you've got to be a human. You know, or what about these poor people that had the C-section then? Oh, well, they were never born of the water. You, you know, this, this is ridiculous, folks. You know, and I say, how can you prove that? I'll tell you how I can prove it. Because when Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, he said, go into the world baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Of course, we know that name is Jesus. 
just like in the book of Acts. In Mark 16, it's, he said, Mark 16 said, Jesus said, go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You see, how do I know Jesus meant baptism when he said born of the water? Because why in the world would he put it in the Great Commission if it wasn't important? If baptism wasn't important, why did Paul baptize the Philippian jailer at midnight? I mean, like people say, look at there, Pastor. All it says you got to do is believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. That's that's first step. <laughs> Second step is the jailer needed to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So this is the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of baptisms, the water baptism, the spirit baptism. You know, I, I'm teaching, I'm preaching. If you're just tuning in, you're just you just got in your car at Walmart, you you just turn it on. I'm telling you, the bare minimum requirement of any church is the doctrine of Christ, and in, in Hebrews chapter six, verses one and two, it specifically tells us what the doctrine of Christ is. And I'm not twisting this because this this doctrine of Christ, repentance from evil works, faith toward God. Uh, bab- the doctrine of baptism, water and spirit. This was found on the day of Pentecost in the initial message that Peter preached when he said, when they asked him, Peter preached the very original a sermon in the very first Christian gathering. It really was. Any theologians out there are going to have to back me up on this because there was no Christian church till the day of Pentecost. It was still the old covenant. They were still living under the law. But but Jesus died, rose from the dead, sent his spirit in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And then Peter got up and preached. And when Peter was preaching, they said this. They were pricked in their heart. Their conscience bothered them. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And the very next sentence, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, will tell you what you need to do. This is the bare minimum requirement of being saved. And it lines up exactly with the doctrine of Christ listed in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. You need to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If your church you're attending doesn't baptize by immersion in the name of Jesus, I've got a question for you. Why are you going there? This is one of the foundational teachings. Tonight it seems like I'm being really harsh, but I'm telling you, I'm not saying you got to agree with me on everything. You know, I've got things that are near and dear to me. I've got I've got my little pet sermons and I've got my little ideas and you know, like I I don't think people ought to play video games. You know, I think it's a waste of time. And I I think God's displeased with it. But are there people that play video games that are going to go to heaven? Probably. You know, probably, you know, I, they probably, you know, maybe someday when I'm in the nursing home and I, I can't even, all I can move is one finger, you know, maybe I'll play solitaire, you know, I'll, I can move the mouse, you know, maybe I will. And even then I'll be under conviction because I'm thinking I could be praying now and I could do something, you know, I could come and, you know, I could wink at my granddaughter or something. I could, I mean, it seems like I could do something. I, there's a guy in the studio that probably wants to wink at one of my granddaughters, but the, uh, but you got to wait, wait a while. But but the uh, <coughs> but anyway, you see, 
you know, like, do, is is this video game thing near and dear to me? Yeah, it's, I, you know, I, I could do a whole radio show on it. But it's not the same as Acts 2.38. It's not the same thing. We're not talking about the same thing. This is the bare minimum requirement. I'm going to say this, and I don't know. I mean, this is going to sound really weird to some of you from Dickinson. I don't know of any other churches preaching Acts 2.38 here in town. I'm giving out my cell phone number throughout this whole thing, 701-290-7862. If you're a pastor listening and you preach Acts 2.38, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit just the way they did on Pentecost, would you text me right now? Because I don't know every pastor in the city. I don't know what every church is preaching. I have no idea. I, I really don't know. But are you preaching? This is the bare minimum requirement. The bare minimum requirement is not to just believe in God. That's not because the devil believes in God and he's not saved. The bare minimum requirement is repentance from evil works, faith towards God, the doctrine of baptism. Uh, there's more to the baptism of the Holy Spirit than just believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's more to it than that. The believing on the Lord Jesus Christ will get you on the road to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are churches that don't even um, offer it. Uh, there, there are churches. There are churches that call themselves Pentecostals that used to have. I'm, I'm saying right in Dickinson, they used to have the majority of the adults in their church filled, filled with the Spirit of God. And right now, there may be only fifteen percent because they don't even. They don't even tell people about it. There, there was a man uh, that I met. Um, we do a prison ministry. I meet a lot of people from different things, and this man was was um, put into uh, Teen Challenge. He he signed up for Teen Challenge, and in Teen Challenge, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But what the the one of the main churches that sponsor Teen Challenge, he went to their church in Bismarck, and he told me, Pastor. The majority of the people in that church have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, if I find somebody I'm witnessing to, I'd like him to bring them to your church because at least you promoted here. Made me feel good. You know, if you've, if you've been praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and haven't received it, you know there are people discouraged about that? Do you know, Brother Seth, there are people that don't go to our church right now? Because they came to our church and they didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they're discouraged. So they found a church that doesn't preach it. That's not right. That's that's not right. You know what? If you ha- if you've been seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, don't give up now. I mean, come on. You know, come on. You know, when the going gets tough, just keep on going. I mean, come on. Let's let's. You know what? You know, there's got a, our Sunday school lesson today was on was on a made up mind. I'm I'm telling you, I went to a Pentecostal church for a period of time. I had no idea why I couldn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if it was faith. I don't know if it was something in my life that wasn't right yet. But I, you talk about frustrated. It seemed like every altar call they were pointing at me. And, and I mean, yeah, you know, but I made up my mind a long time ago before I even got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I told him, I said, I don't know why I haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet, but I'm going to tell you this, that I'm going to serve you until I get it. And I'm going to serve you after I get it. You got to make up your mind, but why go to a church that doesn't preach the bare minimum requirement? The apostles doctrine is the doctrine of Christ. 
Acts chapter 2 and verse, verse 42, it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine in, and fellowship in breaking of bread and prayers. The right doctrine, the right teaching is a big deal. Uh, there, I believe <laughs> there has to be a, uh, <coughs> a huge effort to keep the church pure doctrinally. The church is like a hospital. And when the sick and the impure come to us, we've got to have the truth to help them. You know, there, there, you know, God wants us to be, there's, there's two ditches here and God wants us to be gentle and he wants us to be kind to those that are misled. Uh, second Timothy chapter two and verse 24 said, the servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. So, so here tonight, if it sounds like I'm being mean or harsh or whatever, I'm telling you, you know, I'm not doubting your sincerity. I'm not doubting that you don't love Jesus. I, I'm not doubting that you're a good person. I'm not doubting that you haven't had a change in your life. But what I'm wondering is, why do you go to a church that doesn't preach and teach the bare minimum requirement? That's what I'm wondering. Is that, is that unkind? I mean, am I saying something unkind here? I, I'm just wondering. Like, like I, I don't understand... Like, here again, we're not, you know, there there are 400 people listening to Holy Ghost Radio. We don't all agree. We're Pentecostals. We don't all agree on everything. And uh, and I know that. But I'm telling you, we better agree on this plan of salvation. We better agree on that. You know, we, you know, as as much, these two ditches, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to walk in between these two ditches tonight of being kind and, and being, and, and, uh, gentle, although it doesn't sound like it maybe to some of you. <clears throat> but on the other hand, we must keep the doctrine pure. We must allow every imperfect person into the church. But we can't allow imperfect doctrine into the church. Let me say that again. We must allow every imperfect person into this church. But we can never allow imperfect doctrine into this place. Uh, is there anybody listening to me that goes to Johnny King's church up in Calgary right now? Text me, 701-290-7862, if you're listening. I was visiting that church one time, and he didn't know who I was. And I was a visitor there. The church service Sunday morning had come to a conclusion. People had went up front to pray. There was a guy sitting in front of me that didn't go up front, and I could tell he was a visitor. So I walked up to him with my Bible, and I said, Do you know what's going on here? And he said, No. I said, how did you get here this morning? He says, well, my sister goes to this church, and she invited me this morning. So I opened my Bible and just began to t- teach him a little Bible study right then. Well, we, we had a really nice talk. I closed my Bible. I went and sat back in my place. But what I didn't know is Pastor Johnny King came up behind me. Now, I found this out. My wife told me this. He came up behind me and was listening to what I was telling this guy. And I think that is so cool. I, I just think it's cool. Because apparently what I was telling this guy, uh, please, Brother Johnny King. Uh, and he, because you know what he was thinking? His, this visitor in church, who is this guy? Is he telling him to accept Jesus as a personal Savior? And here again, if that's what you've done with God, you know, great start. But, th- but you haven't reached the bare minimum requirement yet. You really haven't, you know. Um, the the uh, 
we we have to, you know, boy, I'm not getting very far here tonight. But how are we going to pass a doctrine, a pure doctrine onto the next generation if we don't keep it pure? This is why God loved Abraham. In, in, in Genesis 18, 19, you know, Abraham is as, as imperfect as he was. And you can read about some of his imperfections, some of his fears, some of his trying to go even went against what God told him. But here's what God said about, about Abraham. I know him and he will command his children, Genesis 18, 19, he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord. And do you know this? That Thousands of years later, after Abraham is dead and gone, there are still Orthodox Jews that do exactly what Abraham told them to do. You know, you see, I'm telling you, you got to keep this thing pure. Play a song, Seth. I'm not going to finish this tonight, but I do. It looks like I have some interesting texts. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862.
Good evening, everyone. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons. We are from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. If you have any more questions or comments during the show tonight, please give us a text or even just let us know where you're listening from. We like that, too. 701-290-7862 is the number for, for texting us. Or you can call us, 701-225-5133. And if you're out of country, you can email us, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. I want to say a hello to Tommy, Mary, Vivian, and Adeline tonight. I heard they're listening. Tommy, Mary, Vivian, Adeline, glad you guys are listening tonight. And um, the uh, hopefully you, you heard that. The... Uh, uh, and all the kids are listening, they said. So we've got, we've got Dr. Matt Ramsey tuned in tonight and, uh, Sister Lori's listening. Um, we've got, uh, just a lot of people listening tonight. Good. Somebody requested even I'd sing a song, a couple people. I might, but I'm so fired up right now. I don't know if I'll get to it. I, I got like, <coughs> I got all kinds of things here, but <coughs> the, I'm talking about, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking about the bare minimum requirement of a church you should go to should be the Acts 238 message. Uh, repentance, that means for, uh, confessing your sins to God, asking for forgiveness, truly asking. Water baptism in the name of Jesus, the word baptize means to immerse. Let me just say this, and, and if you're listening tonight and you go to a church that sprinkles babies, that was not done in the Bible. And I will say this, any, any church history book that's accurate will tell you that. Any of them. Catholic Church History, Cyclopedia, look up Baptism on Wikipedia, uh, anything. They'll tell you that there were sprinkling started several hundred years after the birth of the church. It was changed. My question to you, if you go to a church that doesn't believe in real baptism, why? Why? Because you've always gone to that church? Is that a good enough reason? I mean, the bare minimum requirement. You know, I mean, I wished I had another hour tonight. I really do. Because because the, what I'm talking about, if people say, oh, come on, Pastor Bob, you're, you know, baptism's not important. It's not? When Jesus in the Great Commission, in Matthew 28, 19, I said it earlier, he t- took the great, the great Commission. Why do we call it the Great Commission? Because it's it's Jesus telling the disciples what he wanted them to do. And he said that we need to, to, to go out and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Matthew 28, 19 is my favorite verse on baptism. Because in Acts, we read where everybody was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ or the name of the Lord Jesus. And that shows me that the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. Yeah, I, I love Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. To say that baptism is not important and to say the way you're baptized is not important, you know what you've done? Is you've elevated yourself or your church doctrine to the same level as God. That's, this is important stuff. I mean, the, the, it really is. You know, like on the birth, you know, you, you, you know, you people, you evangelicals that don't believe baptism is important, or you traditional church people that believe you can just make up a mode of baptism, like sprinkle babies and say, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you believe this? Why would you? I, it, I'm frustrated. 
my question is, you know, let me tell you a story. Years ago, years ago, uh, through a weird series of events, my wife and I met some people that owned a bar in Weibo, Montana. And there was four, there was quite a few people here with the extended family, but there were four adults. There was a, uh, a man and his wife, his daughter and son-in-law, and they ran this bar in Weibo, Montana. And we started holding Bible studies with these people. We'd drive out to Weibo. It's about 70 miles from Dickinson, and we'd go out every week. Well, what, and they were attending another church in town, a different church, while we were having Bible study with them. And one, one Thursday or Friday night, whatever night we came for Bible study, probably Thursday nights, they said, hey, Pastor Bob, we just want you to know we're getting baptized this Sunday at our church. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, let's skip ahead. Let's, let's do a lesson on baptism because we hadn't even got there yet. And so we, we skipped ahead and I told him, listen, no matter what you do, you need to make sure that you're baptized by immersion. That's what the word baptism means, to be immersed or dunked in the name of Jesus Christ. We went through all the scriptures. I said, no problem, Pastor Bob, we'll do it. I said, just make sure you talk to that pastor. No problem. So Saturday, this guy named Stan meant the pastor. And he said, uh, he said, just one question, Pastor, about our baptism tomorrow when our family gets back. There was five of them that wanted to be baptized. He said, he said, um, I just want to make sure we're getting baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And the pastor said, no, Stan, we baptize by saying in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And Stan says, well, he said, but in the book of Acts, it says they were baptized in the name of Jesus, and that's the way we want to get baptized. The pastor's son looked at Stan and said, Stan, my dad's been doing this for 30 years. And you ought to do it the way he says. And Stan looked at these guys and said, well, Stan had come. He was a lumberjack. He, that's what he did for a living. He, not, not around Weibo, but he was a lumberjack. He had moved in from West Coast. He said, I've been cutting lumber for, I've been cutting trees for 20 years. And if some young guy came up to me and showed me a better way to do it, I'd do it. So he told this pastor, so you won't baptize us in the name of Jesus? He said, no. So I get a call that Saturday night. He said, Pastor Bob, he said, that pastor won't baptize us in the name of Jesus. He said, would you consider baptizing us in the name of Jesus? And I said, Stan, I would. (laughs) So I baptized all five of them the next day in the name of Jesus. My question to you is, if you don't believe this, why don't you believe this? You know, and and I'll tell you this. I know, I know of pastors that don't even go to churches that believe in Jesus' name baptism, that baptize in the name of Jesus. To their credit, they do. You know why? Because it's in the Bible. You know that, you say, well, why did you say that? Because I'm just telling you, this isn't something that just Pentecostals can know about. Well, man, I am running out of time. I am just running out of time. But I want to just say that sincerity is not a substitute for truth. People say it doesn't matter what you believe, just love Jesus. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to read my text again, Second John. There's no chapters. It's just verse 9 through 11. He said, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. And he goes on to say, If there any comes to you and bring not this doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, Receive him not into your house. It does matter. The truth of the apostolic message is not passed down genetically, 
ancestrally or organizationally, <laughs> but it's passed down doctrinally. Like, in fact, I'm going to preach about it Wednesday night. You know, I, there, I got a lot of weird stuff going on in my head. Do you know what? I know preacher. I know people that have preacher religion with Pastor Bob. I know people that over the years in Dickinson and other places, even in my prison ministry, if I'm not there, they won't come to church. Well, you say, aren't you flattered by that? Not at all. It makes me really mad. In other words, is this about Pastor Bob? Do you think I'm funny? Do you think, I mean, am I a great singer? Do you think I'm clever? Or do you think I'm obnoxious? Is that why you're listening? Is that, I mean, is that it? Now, I'm going to use every tool in my bag to reach you. I mean, if it's humor, personality, I'm going to use them all. But I'm telling you, is that why you listen? Is that why you come to our church? Oh, Pastor Bob is so entertaining. You know, I mean, if you keep coming, I won't be so entertaining after a while. You'll, you'll get, don't say amen. And you'll get used to it. You know, you'll get used to me. I know what you meant. But, but the, but, but what I'm telling you is this is more than Pastor Bob. This is about the doctrine of Christ. This is about the doctrine of Christ. And so we have to be careful. Um, this, this, um, in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 19, wow, I, I'm just, I can't believe how I ran out of time here. He said this, John said, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no, no doubt have continued with us. You know what John was saying there? You're either going to believe what we're telling you, or you're not going to stay with us. Let me let me get to a, a, another verse here. I just I, I just I, I'm now I'm just really cherry picking some verses I've got here, but it is so important. I mean, it is it is so important that we realize that the bare minimum requirement of this apostolic message is is this Acts two thirty eight commandment. This this is the bare minimum requirement. Uh, there, there is in let, let me read in the book of Jude. Here's another book with no chapters, just verses. Jude verses three and four. He said, "Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, what Jude was saying is we all believe the same thing. There's a common salvation. What is the common salvation? It's the doctrine of Christ. What is the doctrine of Christ? Repentance from dead works." The doctrine of baptism, faith in God, baptisms, the spirit baptism, water baptism. He said the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you, listen to this, that you earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the council of Nicaea. It does not say that. It says that you need to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares. These are creepy people. They're creeping, creeping in. Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of God, of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God in our, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. You know what, Seth? Give out some information on how, how to reach us. I mean, give them the whole thing. Tell them the service times, everything. All right. Well, this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. 
We're on every um, Sunday night from 806 to 906 Mountain Time. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church. We're right here in Dickinson, the New Life Pentecostal Church, 105 7th Avenue West. Our church phone number is 701-264-7862. Next service is going to be Wednesday evening at 730 p.m. if you want to come hear some of this uh, apostolic preaching. And Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock uh, a.m., we have adult and children's Sunday schools. 11 o'clock is our worship service, 105 7th Avenue West, the New Life Pentecostal Church. And again, this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. If you want to get involved, if you have any more questions or comments before the show is over here, you can text us, though, 701-290-7862, or give us a call, 701-225-5133. If you're out of country, email us, robertsimons58, gmail.com. And I uh, I got a little wound up tonight, so I didn't get to finish what I wanted to really say, but hopefully you're getting the point of it. The bare minimum requirement of any church you should even consider going to is the Acts 2.38 message, the doctrine of Christ, faith in God, repentance from evil works, the doctrine of baptism. And I didn't even get to the laying on of hands and eternal judgment and, and any of those other things. You know, Hebrews, let me finish here. Hebrews chapter 2, somebody texted me and said, uh, sing, sing us a certain song. And actually, that certain song will finish this program out very nicely. But Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And before I read verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 2, I have a question that nobody has an answer to. There's no man that has an answer to this question. That is in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 2. There's no man that has an answer to it. There's no theologian that has an answer to it. The devil doesn't have an answer to it. God doesn't have an answer to it. And it says this, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. There's no answer to that question. You're not going to escape. There's no answer. When I say God doesn't have the answer to it, because that's the only way he's God. This great salvation, if we neglect it, uh, let me say it one more time. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you're going to a church that doesn't preach and teach that, no matter what other good things they're doing, I'm going to advise you to get out and get to a church that preaches at least that. Oh God, you are my God. I will ever praise you, God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you, I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways, and step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. 
I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways, and step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days, and step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days, and step by step you'll lead me. Follow you all of my days. Let God lead you, whatever your next step is. If you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, if you haven't received His Spirit yet, get a hold of me, get in touch with our church. God bless you folks, and uh, we'll be back, Lord willing, next Sunday night at 8.06 for another Tell It Like It Is radio program. Good night. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.